Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm Connor Bean and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the show. I hope you're doing well. I know this is such a weird month. There's been a lot of tough stuff in the news, a lot of, oh, it's one year since all this nonsense kicked off. So I hope you're doing well and you're finding like pockets of joy and ways to keep yourself afloat because that is basically how I've gotten through the last year and thank you to everybody who's been so nice about this podcast because that kind of feedback has been invaluable the last while. I am so excited for you to hear this week's guest Dominic. He was a hoot and I know some people have said to me very nicely before, oh I love the impressions you do on the show which always happen ad hoc by the way. I never plan on impersonating a real housewife but Dom and Inc., He was next level. I could not stop laughing. He's able to do so many different, totally accurate impressions of our favorite Real Housewives. So I think you're going to love this one. Um, I mentioned this when I was on with Louise McSharry over the weekend that Elizabeth Day will be our guest next week on the show. So keep your ears peeled for that one because it was so much fun to record that chat as well. I should say I've mentioned um, recently that I've moved house and I'm very excited to be in my new place. I am dealing with slightly different conditions for noise and sound. So if you hear seagulls sometimes in the background of interviews or intros and outros on the show i apologize i'm trying to find um times in the day when it's quiet enough to record but it is very hit and miss when it comes to that stuff i'm afraid but hey we're recording podcasts remotely in our homes in lockdown so you know what it is not going to sound exactly like a studio so my apologies for that and there were some slight sound issues with the interview this week i've managed to tweak it but if you do notice a slight change in levels and things i apologize it was one of those things where the tech just did not cooperate on the day but i don't think you'll notice because the interview itself is such a blast so that is enough out of me for now let's get straight to our interview this is the amazing dominic on housewives and me My guest today is an author and illustrator. He has done illustrations for Little Mix The Search. It's a scene on Channel 4 and is currently doing amazing work on RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2. He's the author of books like Free to Be Me and this May releases a brand new book called Queer Power. And if, as if he wasn't busy enough with all that, he is also a diehard Real Housewives fan. We almost started getting into it before I hit record, so I know he's plenty to say today. Dom and Inc., welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much for having me, Connor. This is an honour. I am so flattered you've made time to talk to me about Housewives. I could talk about Housewives all bloody day. It's like, it actually concerns me how much, like when you find someone to talk to Housewives about, like five hours pass. <laughs> and you don't like you don't know like where they live or what they do. Like you don't know like what's going on in their life, but you're both just like, so what do you think about Mary and Jen? Like it's just like nonstop. Yeah, but that's also why I love being into it because like everyone has things they're into and shared interests, but we get to Marvel movies or football or music or whatever. But I there's something about housewives because it's like a not everybody that we know on this side of the world watches it. So it's a bit like, oh my god, you get it, you know you know the tea, but also it actually tells you a lot about a person, right? So, like, if you told me you love so-and-so, but I hate so-and-so, we suddenly know a bit about each other that we wouldn't have known. So, it's, I don't know, I find it has revealed a lot about people to me when they're like, well, I've never liked so-and-so, and I'm like, they're my fave. <laughs> I do, like, you mentioned there that, like, you love to, like, meet someone new who's into it and, like, get straight to talking about it, but how did you actually get into Real Housewives? I remember getting into it, it must have been 20, what, 2012 and if I remember rightly at the time OC was airing it might have been on like E4 but it was airing every day or maybe it was ITV and it was like OC season two and I was off sick I had really bad tonsillitis and I was off sick from work watching it and I was fully immersed like it was the best thing ever and then I remember I moved to Brighton the next year and then the next season was airing and it was like my little security blanket wherever I moved to because I was like there's always gonna be a housewives on there's always gonna be wherever you go Mm. whatever happens in your life housewives is probably still going to be going isn't there so (laughs) it's got me through relationships it's got me through changing where I live work everything and I remember the first episode I watched was when Vicky was on the phone in series one OC to the taxi person and she's like, You're late! Yeah! Like screaming down the phone at them. And I was like, This is the best thing in the world. So you started with the original, which is OC, yeah. and you started early on in the OC, like like seasons and stuff. When did you get into the other shows? And did you start to notice obviously that each show is actually quite different, even though they're all under the same umbrella? 
Well, I think it was probably the past few years I've got uber, like, diehard into it. I remember OC New York started airing on ITV2 or ITVB or whatever it was. Um, so I got into that from the first series with, like, Jill and Ramon and Luan and Bethany. Oh, my God, Bethany, I talk a million miles in a second. I don't know what to say. Bethany. So I got really into that. <laughs> that was good. I felt, oh, my God. That's a good I, Bethany. I low- <laughs> Thank you. I think... I, I I think a lot of gays see them as well. A lot of like basic white gays see themselves in Bethany because she's like neurotic and like she she's like got opinions and everything. She's like, oh my god, Ramona, what are you doing? And she's just got that great dry humor that's great as like a narrator. So I loved that. Then I got into I dipped into Atlanta, and then I wasn't sure if I loved it because I got completely hooked on DC, but it was only one season, so that was upsetting. Um, and then I dipped into them all. And it was probably the past few years when it's all been on Hey You. And I've been, what I mean, because I've watched most of them in real time as they've gone. And then I rewatched them because, you know. <laughs> and it's only recently that I've really noticed all the differences in them and how they've all got great, they've all got really good little assets, I think. Maybe not OC anymore. But the other ones <laughs> got like loads of great different vibes. Like, I love with Atlanta at the moment how it's talking about Black Lives Matter and it's, you know, it is tying in like the political movement with it and things like that. And also even if we're going a bit outside of the Housewives franchise, Married to Medicine is doing it as well, which I thought was great. I love how New York is basically mm-hmm. loads of single divorcees, a bit more older, going out like, I don't know what I'd do without Sonia Morgan being drunk every season, smashing glass tables iconic yeah some people smash the glass ceiling but she smashes glass tables which is really feminism and actually <laughs> i support women okay <laughs> i mean it's just there's so many one-liners it's really funny because in in lockdown one um i ended up in york staying with my sister she lives there she's like a, she's a lecturer in english literature but anyway she's very intelligent she's super <laughs> smart like she knows a lot of stuff and i was like i'm gonna get you into housewives like Beverly Hills is about to start and it's going to be a scandalous season. And she was like, Dom, I'm not watching mm-hmm. it. I'm not watching Housewives. I don't watch stuff like that. And I was like, you're going to love it, hon. Okay. Got her into it. She was like, this is amazing. Then we, I took her to New York. Then I took her to New Jersey. Took her to Potomac. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I'm all it. from your sofa. <laughs> all from, like, people who say they didn't travel in lockdown. Hon, I went all over the place. I had a great time. <laughs> You know, at Christmas, I had a short stay on the Jersey Islands, which I'll probably won't return to. <laughs> but it was just one of those where, um, yeah, it was, it's really good. I think it's one of those where when people get into it, they love it. And you can notice all the differences between each city and what each cast brings. I also think, too, it has been, like you mentioned earlier, it was like a comfort blanket and stressful times or just times with change in your life. And I think, obviously, the last year, ugh, it's literally been a year has been like a time for intent we all have an intense need for comfort and i actually don't think there's anything more comforting than either each week there's a new episode or just going back to random seasons or getting a friend as you say like with your sister to like watch to get in on a show that you've loved for years like it is for as mad as it sounds it is really comforting it is isn't it and it's just there's days when like you might be stressed out and you might have just been out and all pied off by the person you're seeing or you've had an argument with someone or you're feeling blue and then you're like Oh, I've got a jersey in a Salt Lake City to watch today. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm home. <laughs> so you're kind of, so I'm guessing you're watching like everything at the moment as it's airing. Like what what we've got on the what you're keeping up to oh, honestly. Everything. I've lit I've trolled the archives of Housewives throughout lockdown, okay. So apart from rewatching all the stuff for my sister to get into it. I've done Vancouver again. I've done Johannesburg. I've done Jersey UK. I've done all the Toronto. I've literally done the ones that like, no one ever watched. And I am, um, I just feel, I, ju- I don't know. I feel like if I went a mastermind, Housewives would be my thing. <laughs> oh my God, that would be, actually, would be, I, would, imagine? I would be glued to the TV <laughs> if you did that. Oh my God. You'd be amazing at it. I bet you'd be great. I feel like you actually probably would be better. Like, I think you've maybe watched more than me because I'm a bit like, my OC knowledge is a bit sparse. There's certain Jersey. I fell off like the middle period of Jersey. So like, I think everyone, fell, like, so now everyone we have, fell off in New Jersey. Yeah. I just live on starting season seven. The first two are good, but then the middle's a bit, the middle's like, and then season seven. I mean, also Teresa is just a gift of a reality TV star. I've never seen someone where so much goes over the head. Like 
even on Instagram recently, there was a comments by celebs post and it was like Dorit and PK getting married. And Dorit was like, I'm so happy that me and PK are celebrating our anniversary. It's the best time ever. I love it. And it's like Teresa's commenting and she goes, happy birthday. <laughs> she's, not even read the, she's not even read the caption. She's like, happy birthday. That's great. Oh my God. You think that's water? Is that water? Do you like that? Like... <laughs> I'm screaming because A, I saw that post and it was really funny. But B, I love the way you just so seamlessly went from, first of all, uh, your own Northern English accent into, into a really, really good Teresa, like a scary good Teresa. So actually, you know, I want to ask you about New Jersey at the because mo- it's airing at the moment. I got into this with a recent guest, Brian Moylan, about how we both don't really like Teresa because we just find mm. her too stupid to really bear which yeah. is my personal opinion I know it's not everybody's how are you feeling about Jersey so far and are you team Teresa in general I'm not I, I, I want some team Teresa I think thing is I love New Jersey I think the cast at the moment is like amazing Margaret is the guy I kind of didn't know that we needed like Marge is great <laughs> I think the whole Teresa Jackie thing I think the problem with Teresa is I could see what Jackie was trying to do as well because I think with Teresa she could you you sometimes you've got to argue an analogy because she doesn't understand when you're trying to like word it to her because she's like why oh my god happy birthday so you're trying to do like <laughs> an analogy but I think if Jackie prefaced it like with imagine if I heard a family member of yours was doing this or this I think because she went in. And she was like, well, gee, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, Teresa, like, malfunctioned. <laughs> but I remember, I remember last season, Margaret said, I remember saying, I argue an analogy, and it's with Teresa, you can't do that. She doesn't understand it, but it's also very hard to make Teresa understand anything. <laughs> yes. Like, I love how um, there was, like, this already now, this season on Jersey, a running plot line, has, a subplot is just them all being, like, well, you can't say, you know, Teresa won't understand X and you know, Teresa won't understand Y. Like, why is <laughs> yeah. the plot line how stupid this woman, even Melissa is like, I tried that before, girls. Let me tell you, it doesn't work. It's wild. Yeah, like nothing, nothing gets through, does it? It's like in the last season when I think Melissa said something about like Abraham Lincoln or something. Like, Who's Abraham Lincoln? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa's like, you cannot talk about historical figures with Teresa. She doesn't get it. And then I think there was a bit in series one where, like, she was doing a role play with Joe in the bedroom in Sex Laundry. She went, let's do some three play. And he's like, do you mean four play? She's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing because your Teresa voice kind of reminds you of something from the Muppets as well. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm actually honored by that. I love it. I'm upset. I did not expect <laughs> the import because usually people go to me. I love your impressions on the show, and I'm like, that's just me, like randomly doing it in the moment. So I, I appreciate that you do the same thing. Wait, rewind. If you can do a housewives impression, please do one now, Connor. I'll forever hold your peace. I don't do them like well. I can kind of. I'm I'm just engaging, Dom. <laughs> I'm I'm done engaging here. Dom. I'm just engaging with us. I'm not doing this anymore. I won't bring up my marriage with the people who don't support me, Andy. <laughs> Sorry. I do them without realizing. Yeah. I'm a Meredith fan as well. I mean, what did you think of Salt Lake City as a first season kind of entryway? When the first episode aired, and I was saying to my friend yesterday on the phone, I was saying, you need to watch. She was, She's like, oh, I feel really down at the moment. I was like, watch Salt Lake City. And I was like, I cannot tell you anything more than literally the first argument in the whole of the first episode that is a running plot line throughout the whole series is about a comment about someone who's had the leg amputated. Like, I, I, I do like, you know, you do, do like, Dom, don't wind me up. I was like, no, that's genuinely like what happens. <laughs> like, that is the first episode. I, I honestly really loved Salt Lake City. I thought it was really nice to see a Housewives franchise as well, where Salt Lake, so obviously you've got the Mormon sort of community and how that's spoken about, but then you also have just the location itself. Like, they've got these gorgeous, massive snowy mountains and chalets, and then you've got like, the downtown area and I found it. Maybe what we'll to go to Salt Lake City. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was a very different setting, and it was it the thing I loved about it. And I've said this to people in the podcast before is just the best housewife shows in general just feel like a window into a whole new world or a version of a place that you don't really know. And like Salt Lake City was like a completely different realm. It was like first of all there's snow everywhere the houses are huge but they're kind of spread out when they go into like a fancy restaurant it's beside like a random like burger joint like it's just very it's its own vibe and and that's actually why i think it stood out to people 
Oh, no, totally, yeah. I think it's just got... It's the whole thing, that, and I think so many people, like, never really... Because with Housewives, we never have that kind of location, really. We have these... We have beautiful places, but you never have it where it's, like, a snowy location. Like, we've never had, like, permanent ski looks. Do you know what I mean? Like, they have a ski holiday, but we've never <laughs> had that. And it's just... I love Salt Lake City. I really want Charlinda to be the next housewife on it, Mary's housekeeper, because I feel... Oh, my God. I, want, I mean, if Charlinda was allowed to speak or allowed to leave the house, I would love to hear what she had to say. Because <laughs> Mary is just... <laughs> just that reunion, like, generally would, like, breathe. And Mary's like, shut up, Jen. No one's asking you. Shut up. Shut up. Jen, Jen was like, Andy, I think... Shut up, Jen. Shut up. <laughs> and, uh, I just love when Mary was talking about Charlinda. She's like, Charlinda? She's like, she's my cousin? I don't know her, though. <laughs> this is Charlinda. Just... Yeah, she kept, kept saying how her housekeeper, Charlinda, was her cousin who's been in her family for, <laughs> like, they've been family for decades, but she doesn't, she know, doesn't her, know her, but she works for her, yeah. but we're family. And it was just so, the way she set up was bizarre. And I was like, why is your cousin wearing like a hairnet and carrying a hospital tray around your massive, like multi-million dollar home. It was bizarre. It was, no, it totally was bizarre. But I thought, yeah, I thought Solid City was probably the best first season I've seen of a franchise of like the most recent ones in a long time, actually. I thought it was quite mm. out there and it was very, there was just a lot going on and there was loads of stuff to think about afterwards and loads of like stuff to still converse about like we are doing now. So loved it. And the reunion had three parts. I don't think I've ever seen a first season with three part reunion. Yeah, no, they, they came in hot for the first season. Um, A show that's obviously much further along is on like season 13 and I think had a slow start, but it's finally getting somewhere in my opinion, is Atlanta this season. What are your thoughts on this current season? We're in a post-Bolo stripper gate oh, Kenya's Bolo. investigation world. I I mean, <laughs> I've got to say, I love Kenya. I just think, and I think as well, her, Cynthia and Candy are very good friends. They're off camera, you can tell, because they genuinely support each other. They do a lot of stuff for, on social media, like when, Brad, when Candy won The Masked Singer, Kenya was posting about it. I think they genuinely care. And I do think there must be a lot of qualities about Kenya off camera that's great. And that stuff that I've read that she's genuinely like a very nice person. She hams it up for camera. But I just, I love Kenya. Like, I just love how she's like, who was with Bolo last night? <laughs> I mean, the whole Bolo thing. I mean, who do you think was boloing with Bolo? I think Portia probably was for sure. And because Portia's... I say good for Portia as well. Then, But then like, it does seem like Tanya was, but it also doesn't seem like... And for me, I'm like, you can be married and be open. Like, I'm very non-judgmental personally, but like Tanya seems mm. very... Like she's kind of implicated herself in one way, but also like it just does not seem yeah. in her character to have like a random no, thing with someone when she's married. It's not like some like me even Candy, you could see Candy be like, you know, me and Todd are open on certain things. So like I did this and he wouldn't mind. I could tell him. I just don't from what we know of Tanya, who's always been an endearing character, but kind of a side player. I'm just like, I just don't see, but then you know, people surprise you and the yeah, cameras were completely off. And we were watching CCTV footage for most of that. Yeah. So maybe Tanya is a straight up freak in the best way possible. I don't, you know, I don't really know. I just, when she was like, I spent my whole evening with Portia in her room, and everyone was like, <laughs> and Kenya was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like but, which doesn't implicate me at yeah. all wait it does oh shit yeah, yeah it was shit. like you could see her after being like um and she has effectively i mean all the stories at the time were that she had stopped filming as a result of that and and she hasn't been in recent episodes and it's made me realize we never got a tanya uh confessional or interview yeah. set up at all this season and even as a friend off she's had that before so i don't know i I loved that big episode with Bolo and the party and stuff, but there is also that piece around like a lot of it was sort of half off camera footage or like slivers of CCTV. And there is like a weird ethical thing of like, well, maybe they should have just let them get their freak on in private. But then I'm also like, they are also on a reality show on a girl's trip. So what's Mm. the, where is the line? Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Cause it's like, you kind of, they'd production had left. They thought they were in sort of like a safe space, but then again, cameras are still filming and some of the mics were still on or something. So it's kind of like, I don't know. But I guess, I don't know whether it's what they sign up for. Because when you sign up for it, it says, you know, we, on the contract, it, we've got the right to fictionalise your reality. So I think, yeah, it's a bit weird one. I think Atlanta, this series, I've not loved. And I don't think it's not because Nini's there, because I'm not that bothered about Nini. But I think it was, I thought the first <laughs> episode I actually really enjoyed. I think it, the problem was when it was filmed, it was so fresh out of, like pandemic wasn't it and there was so much limitations on what casts could do I think it was a bit difficult and obviously because so many of them 
I, th- I think it wasn't Drew sick, so she couldn't film with the group for quite a few weeks. Someone else got sick. Mm-hmm. Then crew members caught COVID. So I think there was so much stopping and starting. It was difficult. Because when you think of it, we're only now getting proper cast scenes, like full cast. We didn't really have them in the first year, like 10 episodes, did we? But I'm loving Kenya. Yeah. I do love Marlo. I've got to be honest, like, Marlo, when she walked out and Bolo was there, she's like, look at him in his fake Chanel. <laughs> I know, that's such a Marlo thing to do. She's like, you're beautiful, very sexy, and that's in no. And I was also like, obviously it's fake Chanel. Like, there, what's the, like, no, Chanel has never made a, yeah. like, a man. Chanel would never make a one-sided one piece body i mean sheree might sheree by sheree she might make it but they're like the one side of thing i was like that is not chanel i just i loved it though. i do love that cast though i do think it's actually a good cast i like i think maybe there was just there's quite there's so many isn't there because there's also fallon who i realized when did she leave the trip <laughs> because i don't yeah, realize because she, she was like you oh yeah because then... you know my husband's here so i'm gonna stay with my husband for this part i was like are you filming girls trip for real houses of Atlanta or just popping in <laughs> to say hi to your friends? It's one or the other, like particularly when you're a friend of, cause I feel like friends of on the show don't get invited to certain things all the time. So mm. for me, I'd be like, well, this is my moment, but it seemed, yeah. I mean, there was all sorts of reports at her because she had a husband, she wasn't doing as much. And then I think the all same right, kind of happened with Latoy, who I think was angling for, full-time cast and there was some stuff with her divorce or her husband or something where she couldn't like film as much as mm. she had to pair back so yeah yeah i kind of agree i do agree with you that like the season's only finding its rhythm now a because they're filming together more and b some of those kind of friend of players feel a bit more useful now whereas in the first six seven weeks i was like these people seem nice but like they're complete randomers like why are they mm. getting so much airtime if we don't know them yeah. and and I think it's because so many of them couldn't film together at the time. They were having to pair off certain housewives of people that they could because not everyone could be together. And they always have like the bone carry, don't they? The person who like relays the gossip. But I do like how yes. Latoya brings out Kenya's really fun side and mm. silly side because Kenya is quite silly and goofy in her own way. And I do like how Latoya brings out because a lot of the past seasons, Kenya normally gets like a sort of villain. I mean, she's still getting it, but <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just love Kenya. I just think she's so funny. She makes me laugh. I love Porsche too. Porsche makes me howl. Yeah, like Porsche, Porsche is so funny and sharp. Really and she it. is, I feel like now, our point of view character, mm. she's kind of the one that we all relate to the most because of how open she is. Kenya is, as you say, a villain, but also, I don't know. It's funny because I actually think part of the reason that the setup was a bit weird at the start was I know Nini was being like kind of approached about this season and there was a bit of back and forth those first few weeks of filming. So I do think at one point they might have thought, oh, Nini might be in the mix, but obviously that didn't happen. But I think Kenya in a way has that sort of, I guess, center peach, if you will, vibe now that Nini's gone, which I think suits her. And then we have to obviously bow down to Dungeon Queen Candy Burris, who just keeps the show going so effortlessly. Like if she hadn't brought that stuff to that, like we night two, the girls show, we would have had Could nothing. We would have had Kenya order and take away with nobody ever <laughs> that from someone else. Like, <laughs> I want a crab cake. I just loved that. <laughs> Kenya's like, check the fridge. Kenya, what I did love was that similar to Salt Lake City, even the ones that are still getting villain edits are quite likable. And do you know what I mean? Like you still sort of like a little bit of them roots them like I do want Jen to sort it out and, you know, maybe get some support or whatever i do want you know i want mary to get more screen time i do actually quite like lisa barlow whereas in other series where you've got people like danielle on new jersey you're just like ah <laughs> like though i will say danielle's insta lives are the best thing i've ever seen yeah i've only seen um i, I don't know if you follow joe gun yes as well as that's how i've seen so like it. joe has yeah thank god for joe gunn's like never ending obsession with danielle stuff because when he'll just post a two minute edit of her watching the show i'm just like like part of me is delighted because it's really funny i also like joe this can't be good for you mentally like at some point it's gonna get in your head like even he picked like that clip of her in her podcast saying that bravo had threatened her because they posted a throwback clip of old episodes of new jersey and she was like well bravo were threatening me i was like no, they're they're literally not. They're literally giving you some little airtime on social media. Like she's Danielle. Like you're right. Danielle was just the yeah. villain. There was no lighter shade. Whereas at least with yeah. even with Kenya, like I don't. Sometimes I'm like Kenya, what are you doing? But I'm also like I want your divorce to go okay. Like I don't fully loathe her the way yeah. some kind of housewives villains. You're like, oh, I can't watch this. I think that's the key with having a good villain on a series, someone that can still continue to stir things up. 
but also they've got those traits where you're rooting for their storyline and rooting for their development and for them to keep growing. Whereas, like I said, Danielle, just those lives are so good. It's like, she's a little scum fuck. Like, she's just talking to people, commenting, <laughs> fuck you, you don't fucking know anything. Oh, there we go. <laughs> like, that's a good Danielle. Jesus Christ, the Dominic Impressions Workshop will be Honestly, open after Connor, this. I'll tell you what, you know what I do? Elizabeth Day, who we were discussing before, sometimes I just love to send her a cheeky Dawn Ward voice now. And I just be like, all right, Elizabeth, it's me, Wardy. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just great because, I mean, Dawnward was the icon until obviously all the stuff that happened recently. But I mean, I remember on Cheshire, she was like the driving force of that series. And she's like, no, right, don't get me started. Yeah, I'm not being funny. <laughs> Loved her. I have to confess because because we it's very hard to get ITVB and everything over here. <gasps> so like, I have never Cheshire. watched Cheshire because, yeah, I mean, it's on Hey You Here, but it's like seasons behind. So I've never properly watched, I haven't watched Cheshire. I've seen like clips of it. I only know John Moore because of Gemma Collins. Gemma Collins going, Zone! <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know she's kind of like, you know, one of the main people of, of Cheshire. Oh, no, she is. I think, you know what, the latest series of Cheshire, they're quite good. I'd watch them. There's just, there's so many great, confrontations i mean she has the immortal line to tanya show big teeth because tanya's just had a veneer <laughs> and also don't watch from bolton so it's like everything she says just i just sound like it just sounds like me <laughs> i was just about to say it's like you and don not to be rude but the voices do seem quite like in the same family maybe <laughs> she's my mother connor okay <laughs> you're, you're in that gay book yeah oh it's lovely that is yeah i love that <laughs> So you send Elizabeth Day impressions of Dom Ward. Is there anyone else that's been on your impressions Rolodex? Oh God, I'm trying to remember what else I've sent to her. I think I've done a little bit. I've done a little bit of Meredith. Like I'm disengaging from this conversation. <laughs> like I'm not going to get involved with this anymore. It's just no. Me and my friend Lee <laughs> the other day, we were in the park just doing Bethany Frankel. Like, I don't know anymore because, you know what, at the end of the day, every time I talk, I just smile. I don't know what to do. And you're not so. You're not so. You're a maniac. You're a psycho. You're a psycho. I can't deal with it. I can't breathe this. I got fish in it. I can't eat the fish. What are you doing? I pray for diarrhea every day. Like, we were just screaming, howling, just doing those. Bethany, because there's just something about Bethany that's great. Ramona, like, wow, Bethany. Wow. Like, all the stuff Ramona comes out with is just, just so much stuff. And you've got Dorinda, like. There's too many. I don't know how many impressions I can do. I think you need a whole other podcast just for that. <laughs> That's going to be like a bonus episode <laughs> yeah. where I just, I just say, I say, it's like Snatch Game. I'll just offer, I'll just offer up questions and you'd be like answering character. I would love that, Connor. I'm not even joking. Okay. If you were on, because you're doing illustrations of Drag Race UK season two. So obviously you're watching the show a lot and like doing, because you yeah. did like, you know, amazing illustrations of Bimini as Katie Price. Oh, if you were on Snatch Game tomorrow, <laughs> and they said, all right, Don, we need you to do like a Real Housewives for a Snatch Game. Who would you do and why? Oh, that's such a good one. I don't know because it's tough because with Snatch Game, you need someone that's so out there that it's so funny. But I think Housewives impressions, they do struggle with them on Drag Race, don't they? Because Jocelyn Fox did Teresa and that was quite good. And then we had Candy Davenport doing uh, Phaedra in All Stars 3, I think. Mm. And it didn't, I don't know who I'd do. Who would you do? Maybe Sonia, because she's so wacky. I'd be like, oh, Sonia, oh, wow, okay. Like, maybe something like that. I think your Bethany would be great in Snatch Game because you could just overreact to everything. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, yeah. X is so blank, they blank their blank. Bethany would be like, blank, I mean, blank, I mean, I'm a businesswoman. I don't yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's the worst blank I've ever had in my life. I'm allergic to blank. I can't do that anymore, so I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you know what, I don't want to see you anymore. You're a piece of shit. Mention, mention all, I just don't give a fuck anymore. Okay, right, yeah. All right, I'll do Bethany. Can, yeah. <laughs> You could do Bethany's like rant at Luan about the cabaret and stuff called, cabaret? like you did mention earlier. This. <laughs> yeah, I think RuPaul would eat that up. Yeah. You're a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, what I love though, when she's doing that rant, is she's still pulling the top up because it's falling off. She's like, you're not so. You're yeah. a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's brilliant. Have you actually, that on hot... a side topic, have you watched Melbourne Housewives? Do you get that? Melbourne is... It's just, so cool. it's got like the, 
it reminds me of New York in a way because they have like actual friendships when they're not mm. filming. It reminds me of Atlanta because they're so glamorous yeah. and like quick witted, and then it has its own very unique Australian flavor because basically they're so coarse and they don't they give don't a fuck. Give like a I, shit. Love I mean, Melbourne. Gina Liano, <laughs> like the night of Gamble's wedding, the night before. Sorry, doll, I can't style like having an apprentice viewing party up in my room. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Jackie's amazing. <laughs> Gambles at Lydia is the best gift to reality TV, where she's like, two wrongs, they don't make a wrong, they make a right, don't they? It's not two rights, and because she gets all her all her, all her metaphors wrong. <laughs> Lydia is <laughs> actually brilliant. like Teresa level stupid. I love that. I love how Lydia is as dumb as Teresa. Like she'll just <laughs> say stuff, and you're like, um, no. Like that is literally. She said, "There's like, there's like a supercut of like Lydia isms that I think hey, you might have put it on YouTube. Someone oh my on god, YouTube, yes, like, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched it many times. When at one point she goes, we went to the seventy one floor or something. I was like, the what? <laughs> yes. And then there's one where she's like, are we in Mexico? And they're like, what? No. And then I think there's one, my favourite one, I think, is when they're all, she started that rumour about Chica's husband, and they're all going around the table, and they're all like, Lydia, you've said this about my husband as well. And then, because Lydia's got no leg to stand, she's like, actually, it's probably the dementia that I've got. It's the dementia. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing memory. And it's, it's, it's the, yeah, it's a real thing, Jackie. It's dementia. It's just... <laughs> Melbourne's so great. And that last reunion, which felt like 10 years ago, when Sally leaned forward and you could tell she'd been practicing that line in her head where she calls Gina the C word. You could tell she'd been practicing it for like three months before the reunion. And she's like, I'm now a gynecologist, but I know a C word when I see one. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> this is brilliant. This is completely out of character. Brilliant, though. But I also love on Melbourne, like it's they don't censor any swearing and they swear like troopers. So like literally a season one plot line is Gina's swearing up and down. She didn't call someone the C word. And then they literally just <laughs> roll footage, as Lisa Barlow would say, and be like, here's the literal video of you saying it in the bathroom on mic. She's like, oh, I'll never said this. I'll never, I'll never use that. I don't use that word. I don't use that word. <laughs> I don't use like, that word, doll. literally no. did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love I love a shlock like, on things to a doll. No doll. Yeah. I just love the bit where in the last reunion where they're like, Jeannie, you make things up and you just lie about everything. And then um Lydia's like, She's a lawyer, she can't lie. <laughs> Everyone's like, she legally can't lie. <laughs> I mean, like one of the most iconic Melbourne moments ever is when it's like in that season where like Sally and Gina just hate each other. And Sally's like a new cast member. And it's so obvious. Yeah, she's really rattled Gina, who is like the HBIC of the show and one of the most intimidating Real Housewives of any franchise. And she says something like, oh, I'm done with Sal now. She can fuck herself. I thought her dad did die and I do feel bad for her. But she's grieving at the moment and I do feel bad for her about that. And she says it all, like I'm paraphrasing. She says it all in one go. She's like, oh, she can fuck herself. Her dad did die though. I feel bad. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you would not bad. get this on any other fucking franchise. No, it's just, oh I my mean, God. That clip where Venus is like, she's like, yeah, but Gina, when I was at school, a lad took my lunchbox and he shit inside it. And he shit in the lunchbox. And it has literally nothing to do with what Gina's talking about with Lydia. And she's like, yeah, he shit in the lunchbox. A bit extreme. Not really what we're talking about here, Venus. But all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, someone's shit in your lunch. I'm sorry, Venus. It's not really yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, she's like, sorry, doll. Not really what we're saying. And like, I love with Gina. It comes to me with just everything jangles. Like all the jewellery and the bracelets. It's all like, cling, cling, cling. I just, oh, it's great. And it's also the thing with Gina Liano that is so fascinating is A, and I mean this in the best possible way, she's in full high, like high beat drag all the time and you never, ever, ever see her not in that kind of mm. like Real Housewives drag. That. So like when they do the reunions, they always kind of show them arriving in a robe and oh, going into hair and makeup. <laughs> Gina arrives, fully done, hair pulled Gina's back, better. tanned on. She's like, She's like moaning dolls. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we'll never, ever, ever, yeah. ever see Gina not no in drag. It. Like, and again, drag in a good way, but like, you know, way on Housewives, part of the point is they might be in like their sweats in their mansion crying yeah. or something. Gina's always in full face. Which I think is interesting because it's almost like she's, because um, when you think of it, you never see a lot with her family much, do you? you? You see bits and bobs and sort of views to it. We don't see a lot. So it's it's almost like there's a version of her for Housewives and then a version off camera. I just, the Giuliano I see, 
just makes me howl. She's just hilarious. I just, just that whole cast were great. I can't wait for the next season. I wish they had a bit more diversity because I did love when Petty Fleur was in it. And I thought she mm-hmm. brought diversity. And the Petty Fleur Lydia argument was amazing where she's like, well, no one stick up for me. And Lydia's like, actually, no, you are actually getting on my tits a bit now, Petty Fleur. (laughs) (laughs) Or even, I think it was season three where they, like, this is how long ago it aired, but the third season of Melbourne aired around the same time. So their cast trip was to go to Dubai and at the same, around the same time, Mm. Real Houses of Beverly Hills had their cast trip there. I remember the seasons were kind of airing around the same time. And they ignored each other apparently when they were both there. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is iconic. And Gina probably trying to befriend Lisa Manapump. Um, but the like I was watching that season Beverly Hills and like not much is happening on this trip. And then you cut to like the Melbourne Dubai trip and it's like, snap the fuck out of it. And that's like night one. I'm like, they really could take notes. Like Beverly Hills are like walking around a giant hotel room complaining about the air conditioning and then cut to Melbourne and they're like on camels screaming at each other. I was like, you know what? One of these shows really knows how to do it and the other is just not pulling their weight. I could rewatch Melbourne again and again and again. I'll tell you what though, Sydney though, I mean, we rewatched the first episode the other day. I was showing my flatmate it and me and his boyfriend are like trying to get me into Housewives because he's like, no. And I was like, you don't understand. Like the first episode of Sydney has like a season finale style argument just in the first episode. Like, yes, that's the yeah. peak. And then it just stays manic. Like it doesn't like it's just that the whole way through it. Sydney was so crazy that I actually and then they basically said after the fact they're like, Yeah, it was too intense, they were too crazy, we couldn't do another season. And I'm like, because as you say, that first episode was like the end of a fourth season from American Housewives show. Like they were acting like they'd filmed for years and they all hated each other. I was like, You guys have literally turned up your first week of work and this is the energy, like throwing someone's cape in the sea. And I was just bizarre. They were really horrible on Sydney, but I loved it. (laughs) It got mean. But I think when Lisa Lockfield called, is it Chrissy or something? She called a Chewbacca. She was like, shut up, Wookiee. I was just like, Chewbacca. Shut up, Chewbacca. Yeah, where she's like, she's going through the one, she's like, Kirsty, I miss your dad every day, and I'm sorry he passed away. And then someone else says to me, she's like, all right, shut the fuck up, Trebecca. I was like, I love how you can go from literally <laughs> talking about someone that you miss who's died to within his breath, slagging someone off and calling them a Star Wars character. It's brilliant. So obviously, of the American shows airing right now, we still have um, Dallas. Like, how do you feel about Dallas? I think I love Tiffany Moon. Like, I, I just think she's great. And I, I love the friendship between her and Deandra. I find Cameron fun. And I wish Dallas... I feel like sometimes it feels a bit like when they go on a cast trip, they always go on a Hindu. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's always, like, an inflatable yeah. <laughs> accessory yes. of, like, a knob or, like, a puppet or something. And someone's got, like, a... There's always, like, a novelty hat. And I'm, like... I'd, sometimes I'm, like, babes, no, I want housewives, okay? But I do, I do really enjoy Dallas. Like... I love Tiffany Moon, and I also think it's. I do think the one thing, the, the one biggest criticism for me for Housewives is it does need a lot more diversity. Um, just because I know, obviously, with Atlanta and Potomac, that's diverse. But even in the other cast, like when you look at like the OC, there's not much diversity there. And then other ones, and I know the the casting, they've casted new Housewives now for franchises, which is great because you want it to represent everyone who's rich, and also like when you see. Yeah, like, yeah, who's like, rich? I love that. Who's rich? Like, <laughs> the thing is, like, rich representation. <laughs> I am enjoying Dallas. I think it's good. I think, again, it's a bit similar to Atlanta. It's at that point where they can't really do a lot when they filmed it. So it's a lot of like staycations, filming in the houses, and going over to each other's house to like sag each other up over a cup of tea. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it. I, just, I think Tiffany saved it for me. Same. I just think Tiffany is a bit more dynamic yeah. and has more going on. Like, I, sometimes I like that Dallas is a bit, there's a kind of goofy, immature vibe mm-hmm. to Dallas, which can be fun sometimes. But as you say, then sometimes the Hindu thing is a perfect example. It does start to feel like they're just a bunch of teenagers laughing yeah. at, like, knob jokes. Yeah. And it's a bit like, guys, I need a little bit more. Like, I, it's okay for you to be silly on the odd trip and get drunk, but, like, particularly Brandy and Stephanie are such a little pair of terrors because they're already friends. The two of them are just like running around, like laughing at stupid shit. And it's like, yeah, it's like you guys have done this particular act yeah. for five seasons. Like I need a little bit. No, more. yeah, I know what you mean. And I think it'd be interesting to see what the dynamic is now Brandy's left. And also the other housewives don't, like when you compare it to like New York, 
where they're all like New York, they are all have got pretty much businesses that they're running, aren't they? Whereas even Ramona with a skincare shop, oh my God, HS by Ramona. But um, in Dallas, they don't really have a lot to talk about. I mean, Dan just got her company. I don't know. I felt, I think I felt at some point in Dallas, there was a lot of, I just wanted to hear the work side because I love hearing the business side and the entrepreneurial side. And like, I loved in New York when Bethany was like, oh my God, I'm going to pitch for this new thing. I'm going to do skinny girl cocktails and skinny girl jeans and skinny girl tampons and skinny girl soup and skinny girl everything. I actually loved that. So. <laughs> I was like, you are definitely doing Bethany for Snatch Game. It's, I, think, it's I think it's a given now. <laughs> now, I have lots of housewives questions I want to ask you, Dom, but I do have to get into one thing that I, like, I only kind of found out doing my research for the show, aka talking to one of your friends, and I realized that you actually did a single, because you're an illustrator, you did a single artwork for Erica Jane a few years ago. How did that come about? I did, I did. Um, I drew, I just one day just drew some housewives on my Instagram just for fun because I love drawing like LGBTQ plus stuff and everything else. But sometimes I just love drawing a housewife on. It gives me life. And <laughs> Erica reposted it and I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then um, I think Mikey put it on his stories as well. And then Mikey messaged me going, actually, we've got something in mind for you. Uh, would you be up for it? And they put a little email together and it's for her single called Cars, which is an absolute bop like it is. i love yeah. cars um <laughs> and they were just like we want something a bit 80s and all that and it was so great you know i just i'd only been in london a few months and i was like wow this is amazing and i remember the <laughs> at the time i was working in retail i called in sick and i felt dead bad because i never call in sick but i was like <laughs> i'm sick when really <laughs> i was spending the day getting this artwork done because they had to get it done like asap um and it's lovely, you know, they paid me for it really well. They were all really lovely. And, you know, it's mad to think it's on a iTunes playlist on a cover. <laughs> and I think I think they did merch of it, didn't they? There was like a t-shirt or something as well. Yeah, they did t-shirts. And I know she had it printed on the back of a denim jacket when she was at Coachella that she wore, which was pretty iconic and who are other you mentioned there that you um drew a few housewives that time who are the ones that you've drawn or would like to do an illustration of okay so i've drawn i've drawn erica a lot just because i remember that that time in that season it was like she was just doing look after look you're like the one i love is that like barbie style one she wore to dorit's magazine cover and it's like a pink top with like a little black pencil skirt and she had like really big yes. Barbie style hair. I love that. I drew that and I drew her in like a little like leather daddy outfit she had when they went to, was it Amsterdam? She had like the black leather. Oh, um, they're in Berlin, I think. And she maybe, went full. Yeah. And she, but she also yeah. had, she had like a black hat on, like a black. Oh, that was Vegas. Wasn't yeah, that Vegas, Vegas or something? The, Vegas. the way we just were able to figure that out between us, that's very gay. <laughs> I very, I I love it's it. so gay. So I drew, <laughs> I drew quite a bit of Erica. I actually really enjoyed drawing Erica. And I drew some Lisa Rinna. Love drawing some Lisa Rinna. And who else did I draw? I think there's a few that like never made it on Instagram. I think I did a Kyle at one point in a Kenya. And I'm actually planning on doing like a housewife post. Like I just, I really want to do one. I was just, I was looking at Meredith with a face mask at the end of Salt Lake City. And I was like, I need to draw this shit. Like I just, I just, some of it, it just brings me some life. It just makes me happy. So yeah, might be some more housewife stuff coming soon. You never know. Oh, that's fun. I feel like the, um, oh, I, I can't remember. It's Christian Cowan or some designer who did that pink jacket dress that she wore. And someone did a post oh on Twitter recently God, of her in it. And then got Mick Ward on Drag Race when they were doing yes. Paris Hilton. Yes. And like J-Lo has worn J-Lo. it. And there's some, somebody else has worn it. So like, I feel like that pink outfit on marriages would probably be really, me, who's never illustrated. That'd be so fun to illustrate. Wouldn't it? No, but it's so amazing. It would be so amazing. And also like, it's amazing how with the housewives as well, when they do it properly, if they wear a certain outfit, it becomes like their signature iconic look. Um, and I think, you know, for me, Lisa Rinna, I always look at Lisa Rinna, and now I always see Lisa Rinna, like, in the leopard print dress chasing Denise down the street with no shoes on. <laughs> Denise! <laughs> Denise! <laughs> and, you know, Denise is, like, camisole and jeans. Erica has a loads of, has loads of brilliant um, fashionable looks. Dorit has incredible taste as well. Like, I just think it's amazing how they have, like, their own little signature um, look. Do you know what I mean? Like, like their own, like, signature outfits that you put up and you're like that's a meredith marks dress <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if i see like a bright if i see like someone in like a bright blue blouse i'm like that's ramona blue 
<laughs> maybe not Ramona Blue. Maybe you should get a Brooks Marks tracksuit then. Uh, you know, I would bloody love a Brooks Marks tracksuit. <laughs> I would be all over that, like cheese on toast. <laughs> I'd love a Brooks Marks. We could get matching ones. Who are some of your fashion faves on Housewives then? Jicky is someone who likes to draw, like even yeah. the drag race stuff you're doing at the moment is so based on what they wear and these crazy mm-hmm. outfits. Yeah, it's great. I mean, doing Drag Race is great because it's so great to draw all these amazing queer people in these just stunning outfits. I love it. And I think with, I think if I'm doing, if it's fashion, I think with Housewives, like Beverly Hills is really good. Salt Lake City, Potomac in a way, because I actually love everything Karen wears. <laughs> like Karen's fashion yeah. game is really good. I love how she shares Giselle over her <laughs> fashion game. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I love everything Lisa Rinna wears. So like anything that's like a, I always think like structured suits and tailoring are quite great, and a look that's almost novelty. Like I'm down for like because I think what was great with with Erica with a lot of the looks that she does, it's almost like a little bit of a wink to the audience as well. Like the Berlin outfit where she had like the red latex and all that. It's she's playing up sort of like the Berlin vibe, but it's also like she's in on the joke. Which are quite light. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't stand this when housewives come on and they've got, you know, a bon marche cardigan and a t shirt for the confessional. I'm like, honey, I need a look. <laughs> but anything that's massive shoulder pads that take up the entire screen, I will happily draw. So I love Meredith looks. I love Jen Shah's looks, actually. And I actually really like Mary as a Christmas tree in the first episode of Salt Lake City. I just thoroughly enjoyed, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that moment. So you actually liked Mary's Christmas tree gang? You're probably the only person. I just thought, you know what? There's something about Mary that's like, just the stuff she wears. I think it just works in a weird way because it's on Mary. And she's like, Shalinda, get me in this dress. So it just sort of makes me think, like, I don't know. There was something about it, though, I did love. But yeah, I think at the moment, a lot of the housewives, like, they're all getting... I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at old housewives ones from, like, 10 years ago, it was just, like, a simple blouse for a confessional. Whereas now, you have the Instagram accounts, don't you, like, Real Housewives confessionals that showcases all mm-hmm. the looks that they're doing and so much... Like, the, it's like a whole art form, the confessional now, like, the way it's done and what they wear and what they've got to put together because they know it's going to be made into a meme or screenshotted. And I find it really fascinating and also thrilling to see. <laughs> and it, 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 it is funny too like the amount of people who maybe do a first season and they look one way just fashion wise yeah. and it can be a bit boring and then they almost always come back the next season and it's just it's like they went put money into having a glam squad get me a stylist i need yeah. to wear better stuff and there's always that kind of jump up in quality for a second season housewife oh yeah definitely and I, you know what i think leah's done it really well on new york like in her first series she kind of like walked that line of like doing her own style making it a bit different but not too out there and I loved that reunion dress she wore where it was like the see-through mesh with the see-through mesh mask. And it was completely see-through and it was a black dress and it was like a fuck you to Ramona, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, any any excuse to roll up Ramona. It's hard to go through it all because even when you think like Atlanta at the moment, Candy's turning it out in her confessionals. Those outfits are amazing. Yeah, I love the like orange look with the kind of high high pony that she's doing. Yeah, and Kenya looks incredible oh, in all her confessionals. Oh God, Kenya like, just always looks amazing. <laughs> like I've yeah. never seen so, her like look bad. Yeah, I know. Even when she was like, "Oh, I've put on weight, I feel awful." I was like, "You are still so stunning." I was like, like "Yeah, you are beautiful." <laughs> and then what about you? Like you as a, a long time viewer, how do you feel about new viewers? Because in the last year we've had like so many people come to the shows who've never watched them before are you glad to have new people to introduce it to or are you like how dare you this has been my thing for years and you're only getting into it now (laughs) i actually love it i love the more people watching it the better i love how some people so you always get reactions when you tell people you love housewives either look at you like what or and they're just like oh i don't watch that um or you have people and you have that moment where you connect and like the world disappears and you're together forever talking about (laughs) i mean the amount of times i've been in a date and i've had a date sat opposite and i'm like so basically lisa vanderpump allegedly leads the press about the dog and dorit was really upset and my date's like what (laughs) the date's like check please (laughs) she spent an hour so uh, he's like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what your favourite colour is. I don't know what you wear. He's like, I don't know what you're looking for, but I know everything about Lisa Vanderpump. Um, I love asking people this, whether they're a long-time fan or a newbie, but I have a feeling, I have a, I have a good feeling about you on this question. Um, if you were on Real Housewives, what would your tagline be? Oh my God, right. I spent 20 minutes staring out the window trying to think of this earlier. And <laughs> some of them, I was trying to tie in like art and stuff. 
So I'm trying to remember what it was. Okay, that was it. I draw in a world full of color, but if you cross me, I'll paint over you. <laughs> oh, wow, that's quite severe. Okay. Because yeah, I wanted to have, I wanted to have the the passion of you know, like Magali on Cheshire. One of her taglines was "Cross me, better don't cross me." With the power. <laughs> of Lisa Rinna, like, I love to dance and everyone's watching. That's really good because it's very <laughs> succinct. I kind of, I feel like your, like, illustration name is such a good, like, play on your own name that I feel like that would be a great tagline. Like, I like something like, you know, I don't care what you think of Dom and Ink. Like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. kind of, like, playing off of, I feel like because Dom and Ink is so fun to say, it's a bit like a drag name and it's, it rolls off the tongue really well. Yeah, so. oh, thank you. So like, <laughs> I bet you Dominic. did. <laughs> I feel like Dominic, like the actual name, I mean, would work really well as like in a tagline somehow. No, no, definitely. No, I agree. I think, I don't know, because you want it to almost be like really arrogant, but also fierce. Like Liz was good. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bitch. Um, yeah. That was good. I mean, my fa- one of my favorites, even though it's Cheshire, I don't know. I always judge the UK shows totally different to the American ones because I don't feel like they're a housewives show at all. But Dawn Wards, I forgot what season it was, but she went, everybody wants to be me. I am me. Oh, <laughs> I saw that. I've actually seen the video of that because I've seen like, like clips of that on Instagram and I was like, the ones are Cheshire are mad. It's like they're just kind of muttering to themselves. I'm always like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember like the following season, she's like, I've got my gays, my girls and my dogs. I don't need any more bitches in my life. <laughs> Some of them though, some of them aren't taglines. Some of them are literally just facts. Like Lawrence is like, people say I'm a two-faced bitch. I am. <laughs> oh, okay. To quote Bimini Bamboo Lash, not a joke, just a fact. Not a joke, just a fact. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, you've got to love a housewife's tagline. Uh, they're so satisfying. And it's tricky for new viewers. I think that always mm. gets them. They're like, wait, they say this every week. I'm like, oh yes. And yeah. they change them every year. Yeah, and the fact that when they release the taglines, people go mad for it on Instagram. They're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> when they put the new ones out <laughs> oh it's so exciting okay another question i love to just throw throw people every week on the show um so it's you can have you're having a dinner party tomorrow you can have five people mm. on the guest list from Shit. either real housewife housewives friends of husbands people from the universe of real housewives shall we say you're gonna have five of them in in your place for dinner who are you inviting and why I mean, this is, this is a lot. All right, so five housewives. Okay. I think, <laughs> oh shit. I mean, I think definitely Kenya. Uh, I'd probably say Kenya, um, Bethany, that I'd worry that she'd like talk or they feel like, oh my God, like I can't drink that wine. Now. Why are you giving me that wine? I just don't know anymore. Kenya, move up the seat. Why are you sitting on the seat? What are you doing? Why are you being so stupid? Why are you overreacting? <laughs> um, so maybe Kenya, Bethany, definitely the wine, because she's like, money can buy class. <laughs> and I think I'd chuck in, I'd probably chuck in Heather off Salt Lake and Karen Hooger. Is that five? Because Karen Hooger's just, I just love Karen. I just love Love she's Karen. camp, is it? She's high camp. So she's we have Bethany high. and Erica. Oh no, I want Erica and Lisa in it. So can wait. I... So we've got <laughs> Bethany. We've got Bethany, Luan, Karen. Who else did you say? Sorry. Oh my god. Bethany. I think it's no, Bethany. You know, actually, no, no. I do Bethany, Karen, Kenya, Erica, Lisa, Rinna. I just move a seat up half six, and then I'd hire Luan to come and sing Happy Birthday to someone. <laughs> And she'd insist her and Erica do a duet. Together. Yeah, Erica, why don't we do it? This pussy's expensive to be me. Um, that'd be amazing. Sure. Yeah. Luan does like a smoky cabaret version oh of one God. of Erica's songs, Honestly, like, yeah, of Cars. Your of yours of your yeah. favorite Erica song, Cars. Yes. How many folks do I give? Oh, Cars. Yeah, I like the cars that go boom. I mean, just be just whenever Luan sings Happy Birthday, it's just such a gift to the audience and it like they're all just they're all there sat there having like a sandwich or something or a deep and meaningful or someone's crying and the one's like happy birthday and you can see like sauntering from the back of the restaurant forward you're like oh fucking hell and she's like it just got it's just brilliant i wonder if luan is on cameo and if so how many people just met 
well, it sounds like you've researched this. And I'm wondering <laughs> how many people ask how many people ask her to just to sing Happy Birthday in the cameo. So Luana, when I checked in the new, so my best mate was turning thirty on Boxing Day. I wanted to get him a Ramona cameo. Like, oh my god, it's me, Ramona. Happy birthday! Ramona, <laughs> you could have just recorded it. I know. I, I did. I should have <laughs> done it. But like, Ramona charges like 130 quid, I think, if not more. Luana's about 150. Bethany's like Jesus. 250. And it's funny because Bethany's like, <laughs> Ramona's got like the ring light out and Luann's got like a full set of Bethany. She's like done them like having a breakfast, coffee and a dressing gown. And she's like, you know, it's, uh, happy birthday. I hope you have a really good day. You know, it's an amazing day. You know, I have a great birthday, but I wouldn't, I don't know because, you know, you know, I'm going through all this shit at the moment. I just can't deal with it anymore. You know, you're not so you're crazy, but happy birthday. Have a great day. Um, so I looked at it and I was like, I can't afford this shit. So mm-hmm. I managed to get Jimbo, the drag queen off Canada's Drag Race. And Jimbo okay. was actually an amazing cameo. But Luann's, literally Luann's cameos were, happy birthday, like everyone you clicked on this shit would be like, all the sample ones, like, happy birthday. like, hello, Maria from Preston. I know what you want to hear. Viva la diva. So... <laughs> It's literally like Luan is, is is talking to me. It's killing me. <laughs> it was so good. I would I would love to get a cameo off Mary off Salt Lake City. I just think that would be the most chaotic cameo you'd ever get. Like, oh my god, Shalinda, shut up. Anyway, happy birthday to you, Dan. I just think she'd be great. Who would you ever get a cameo she, off if you could ask for one? If I could ask for one, because I actually a friend of mine got one from Vicky recently, <gasps> so I went to yeah, although. So I went, it, made, it sent me to the website to just see, A, who's on it now and how much they charge. Yeah. And it is wild, the disparity in how who charges for what. Yeah, isn't like, it? Like the idea that you can go and get like Frank Senior from New Jersey to send you a cameo. I'm like, why random? <laughs> um, who would I love a cameo from? I mean, it was funny because I looked at Carol Radzeville's ones and like I have a soft spot for Carol, but the yeah. cameos were just, were not really great. There was one of her being like, happy birthday, it says here. You love skincare, and she's just her talking about skincare <laughs> for like 40 seconds. There's another one where happy birthday. It says here you moved to Charlotte with your husband who booked this cameo. I actually was in Charlotte for two weeks for a story I did on the war in Afghanistan. I was with the troops in Charlotte before they left <laughs> Afghanistan. I was like, this is not relevant. Like, why are you talking about this? But then in a way, that's totally what you want as well. You want the housewife to be themselves and go mm. off topic completely in a cameo. So maybe Carol for camp value. Um, yeah. I would love one from from Karen Huger, actually, because I just feel like she would say she something iconic. Did. Hello, baby. How are you doing? She'd be so <laughs> good. I mean, did you ever see the cameo that got leaked of Elise and Leah? Yes, where they said Ramona <laughs> shit herself love, or something. I just love how Elise all season has been like, hi, I'm Elise. And then the cameo, she's like, you want some gossip on Ramona? Well, I'll give you some gossip. <laughs> bitch she's got a 50 best friends and now she's got 49 and here's what i'm gonna say and then leah's like she sits herself in sex i was just like firstly where did this leah come from this is a whole new leah that i've never seen not leah sorry elise and secondly the fact that leah's just coincidentally there and then drops that bombshell amazing i've I've rewatched it too many times yeah i remember also being like at least like this should be on the show, not in a random cameo. But then because yes. the fan base is so crazy, you know it'll make it online and we'll all start talking about it anyway and probably rewatch it a million times. Yeah, the cameo <laughs> thing is wild. And some of them charge so much money. I remember probably like two years ago, I found, I was doing a, th- a story about it in work or something and I saw that Caitlyn Jenner was charging. It was either like a thousand sterling or a thousand euro, but like thousands for cameo. Yeah, and was, and like, it was just her being like, Hey, happy birthday, and keep going. It wasn't like it wasn't for yeah. that money. I'm like, you'd want to give me ten minutes minimum. Oh my like, god, I'd want yeah. a monologue. Like if so, I was charging, hey. if I was charging a thousand pound for a cameo, I'd just call you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do a Zoom call. Like, Is this so, uh, Connor? It's me, Luan de la How's your day, darling? I don't care. I'm it right. wouldn't be, and it wouldn't even be your birthday. Would she be like, I'll sing it because it'll be your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You'd be like, actually, anyway. I want a cameo because my dog died. I'm you cheering up. That doesn't matter. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's actually scary how good your one is. Um, I'm curious too, like you mentioned re-watching stuff and, and watching stuff with friends and, and all that kind of thing. Like get introducing people to shows. 
Are you someone who goes back and watches seasons or reacquaints yourself with it a random episode? Are you one of those people who's always rewatching Housewives? I do do that sometimes. When there's, I mean, when we get a break from Housewives, at the moment we are blessed. It's been a Housewives marathon for literally the past year. I actually, because normally you get a point where the Housewives just isn't on for like a month or two, and yeah. I found the past year we've literally had like a minimum two two franchises running concurrently. So it's just been like. I've not had time to revisit. But when I do, sometimes if I've got spare time, my little pastime that I love to do is say we've got an Atlanta reunion coming up um, and there's a week's break. You know how they chuck in a week's break sometimes in the season? Yeah. Like, I will just rewatch all the previous reunions of previous seasons. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> like kind of doing yeah. your homework. I, just, I love doing that. And I love, I do find I revisit ones like Miami, uh, uh, not Miami, sorry, Melbourne. I revisit because it's just three, you know, four seasons. So it's quite easy. And there are certain ones I always find I go back to New York, Scary Island. <laughs> I just love yeah, that season. Yeah, iconic. Iconic. Go bad. You're not so, you're psycho. I mean, that whole, that whole <laughs> season was just like, what the fuck happened? Like, I just love when, um, like Kelly and Bethany are deep in their fight. And, and Kelly's like, you were mean to my friend Gwyneth. And Bethany's like, Gwyneth? Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kelly, like, fully dropping names. Like, Al Sharpton, Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like, yeah. Kelly, God bless. Oh, my God. It's, it's so good. But, I mean, also, New York is good to rewatch just because Bethany is, I mean, no matter what people say, she's a solid, like, she knows when the cameras are on. She's good at delivering witty one-liners. She has so many little zingers, like, one of my favourite moments of Bethany was at one of the reunions where, you know, the one where her and Carol argued. I was dead sad about that because I love Bethany and Carol. Um, mm. When they fell out and <laughs> Bethany got all the receipts out, something of all the text messages. And she's like, go on, Carol, read the messages. Read the messages. So Carol reads them out and she goes, um, and it was one of the messages where it's like, hi, Carol, just let me know Ramona's a complete fucking bitch. And Ramona goes, oh, wow, Bethany, thanks a lot. And Bethany, without even, <laughs> without even looking to the right of her, without even looking at Ramona, just stares ahead, stares, like coldly at Carol and just goes, Ramona, you're welcome. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember that reunion, Ramona and Bethany were really, like Ramona at one point went, and you're fake tits. Like they were yeah. just at each other's throats in that so reunion. Bad. It was so bad, but, probably, but yeah, Bethany can say some really mean things as well. But I was thinking New York. I think because it's such a big, busy city and there's so much going on, that's a that's a good one to revisit. I do love that. I think cause I love New York as well. I do want to ask you. Actually, you're releasing a new book called Queer Power in May. Can you tell us a bit about it, where we could maybe pre-order it, and what the story is with that book? Oh, thanks, Connor. Uh, so. Yeah, I've got a book coming out on May the 13th called Queer Power. It's published by HarperCollins UK. And it's basically like an illustrated book of queer icons. Um, so it touches on like mental health, coming out, trans and non-binary communities. And it was just, it was a book where I wanted to mix in loads of well-known people like Billy Porter, Dominique Jackson, JVN, but also platform loads of voices that you may not hear. So we've got, you know, the amazing... Um, queer Muslim activist Blair Amani in it and we've got the insect activist Anik Sonny so I wanted to like have a balance between really well-known people and then those voices that I think deserve and need more representation and visibility in books because I feel like a lot of queer icon books do a lot of historical figures and they just do them so well and I thought I don't want to step on someone's toes like that there's so many great books out there I thought I want to do something that's for the community and for like maybe other generations growing up or people just discovering LGBTQ plus and want to read up on more. And we've got a really great mix. Like I've got allies in there, like Jade uh, from Little Mix and Jessie Ware and Cheryl. And we've also got um, Cheryl Hall, Juno Dawson, Charlie Craggs, Charlie. just loads of great people who've all got, when you research them, because their Instagram's on every page, they've all got their own amazing backstories and contributions to the community like it's a mix of living history and almost like a kind of directory like the golden pages of these amazing kind of current lgbtq yeah. pioneers or people who are because i think sometimes on instagram you might come across one or two people but you might not realize oh and this person also works in that space or this person actually inspired this person and so to have it in a book yeah. is actually really exciting yeah yeah I, I just i wanted to do everyone justice and everyone gets everyone's equal in it so everyone gets a double page spread 
and you know they get a full page illustration and it is the work like visually the design brief i was like i want it to be like a pride protest meets an episode of pose so there's disco balls there's pride signs there's rainbows there's glitter it, mm-hmm. at one point there was lasers and i was like we've taken it too far. <laughs> like we've taken it like we've literally t- this is not lasers like, yeah like, we, we, um, we're confused yeah it's super fun well the only thing i can hope for is that there's a, a sequel that is just a visual guide to the real house oh my god in the same vein. Connor, you know how many times <laughs> i've tried to pitch this book and just know like i'm literally like to my agent i remember ages ago i was like you know could you like a housewives book and she's like well because she loves it but i just i'd, I'd love to do one because yeah. the book is out in may i believe so should we yes. pre-order what is the best way to support pre-order would be lovely jubbly um you can get it on amazon waterstones wh smiths and also you can also use bookshop.org which is if you don't want to go with like the big sort of like main online uh, companies bookshop is one where you can order the book but it also supports your local independent bookshop and i think it does it where it gives them a donation from the sale to the local independent bookshop and i think you can get that for uk and ireland as well yeah there's those places to get them from and it comes out may 13th and pre-orders really help a book as well like it helps the book get seen a bit more in terms of algorithms um online especially on places like amazon it helps it get chart more and you can gauge a reaction from it. And also it shows the publisher that people want more books on the topic, which could be like queer diversity or, you know, illustrated books on LGBTQ+, which is great as well. I discovered your work via Instagram. So like people want to get into your work online, where can they go and, and what can they expect? Oh my God, they can have the campus time over <laughs> on Instagram at Dom and Inc. I-N-K. Uh, and no, I don't do tattoos because people always think they're always like, "Do you do tattoos?" Because it's ink. <laughs> I yeah, uh, can I get a tattoo while you're here? <laughs> but yeah, Instagram Dominic is where the parties are mainly because too many social media channels overwhelm me and my brain blows up. And I mean, listen, I think people if they haven't discovered your Instagram, they are in for a treat. Like, oh, so I've bad. never, I never knew I needed an illustration of Bimini Bamboo Lashes Katie Price more <laughs> until you put it on your Instagram. <laughs> that alone, I was Bye like, soon. I'm in the right place. <laughs> Um, listen, Don, we have talked a lot about Housewives, and we, from what we've heard, you've got a lot on with your Instagram and your book as well. So. I'm going to let you go, but thank you very much for your time. I'm excited to see the book when it comes out in May. And for, hopefully, fingers crossed for you to, to drop a, a book of Real Housewives illustrations. Yes, it? please. Let's manifest it. Let's do this shit. Um, but honestly, though, Connor, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed this podcast. It's been so lovely to talk to you. And you're such a great host. And you've been so brilliant thank organizing you. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, listen, here's to many more Housewives chats with more and more new fans. Connor, can you imagine if we met in person? It would just, we'd blow up. It would be... It would be sat there and like eight hours later, the bar would be closed and like, we need you to go. I'm like, no, we're talking about Real Houses in New York. Get us another drink. Yeah, like, honestly. Like, we just never stop. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. You've been absolutely amazing, Connor. And I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. That was Dominic on Housewives and Me. That was just, I cannot tell you how much I laughed during the interview and while editing it, which is like editing can be a bit tiresome so to be able to laugh your way through that process is always a joy so thank you so much to Dom for taking time out to come on the show do check him out on Instagram if you haven't already his stuff is so amazing and of course his book Queer Power is out in May I'll pop a pre-order link to that in the bio for this episode as I mentioned the amazing Elizabeth Day of the podcast How to Fell and of course an author as well is on the show next week so you know if you've got an Elizabeth Day fan in your life do let them know about that. That will be out next Tuesday, as always. If you enjoyed today's episode or you're just enjoying the show in general, you can rate and review the podcast if you're on Apple Podcasts. That will be much appreciated as it does help hugely with the algorithm and getting word out about the show. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe, follow, etc. There are brand new episodes out every Tuesday, as you may know by now. Thank you so much for all your support. I know we're a year into a very difficult time and I'm so grateful to have this outlet to talk to fat people at Housewives and realize that there are many of us out there who love these shows and love talking about them. So until next time, stay safe, make sure you keep up with all things Housewives, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>